0: This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. We've got a guest here on Extra Time. It's fantastic to have Raj. He is a football industry professional with over 27 years' experience in various senior positions with incredible clubs such as Glasgow Rangers, Watford and Coventry City. He's one of the very few football executives, if any, who has worked in all the English and Scottish professional leagues besides the SPL. He's also the longest-serving Asian in British football and was the first British-Asian commercial director of an English professional football club well, that's Watford under the chairmanship of the late Graham Taylor he's now the club president and CEO of a D-shirt football club who play in the Indian Super League what an amazing career he's had and loads of questions for him let's bring Raj into the conversation now it's a very good evening and thank you very much for joining us on Off Script Extra Time Raj No, it's a pleasure and thank you for having me on give us a little background as to what you're up to currently in Dubai if you can
1: yeah, well, our owners for Odisha are based in Dubai, so uh, it made sense before I uh, move on to uh, to India. And also a very good friend of mine, David Singleton. Uh, it was a good time to catch up with him. I hadn't seen him for about 20 years, and he's the former chairman at Coventry City ladies' team. So... Uh He's been very instrumental in arranging certain appointments for me in Dubai.
0: The game has changed so much since you first began your life in in professional football back in, I guess you could call it the dawning of the Premier League era, in the 1990s. So we've got tons of questions for you, Raj. But let's start with your current um, your current projects, the Indian Super League and Odisha FC. I believe the Indian Super League uh, came to life in 2013, so it's not even 10 years old yet. Um, I actually read as well that Odisha is a small. Co- coastal state with a population of 47 million, (laughs) which is almost as much as the UK, but it's a small state when it comes to India. Um, How has that been? I mean, obviously, since you took the role, COVID was playing a a, a very prominent role in in restricting you from perhaps doing what you wanted to do. But uh, how has that transition been from working for so long in British football, moving to this new project with the Indian
1: Super League? Yeah, well, there's two things. Uh, Firstly... With uh, with the culture side now, whilst I am Indian, I'm born and bred in uh, in, in Britain, so you have to adapt to the country's culture, and uh, and not the other way round, uh, which was important. So climatising, understanding the, the, the how things operate there, it's pretty political, and uh, and as as you said, the uh, the Indian Super League is is it's in its infancy it's only nine ten years old and uh, it's certainly growing but from from a personal perspective because it was COVID at the time and i was uh, offered the position i was uh I was running a club thousands of miles away as a CEO from my bedroom. <laughs> and uh, strange as it sounds, it, it's, you know, it was, it was uh, working. Yeah, it was working. It was working. We, we, we got by. And, uh, you know, that's technology in this day day and age. Odisha, give me sort of,
0: for, 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 for the uninitiated, where, where is that geographically in India?
1: Yeah, it's on the east coast of, uh, of India. So if you think of where Calcutta is, is right. just beneath there. And as you said, it's uh, it's apparently a small state, but it's 43 million people, 45 four million people. Wow,
0: wow. And they love their football, I take it.
1: Yeah, it, it depends where you are in India. There, there's a there's a misconception that cricket is the biggest sport, which which it is, but football is also grown exponentially. So in certain parts of India, football is bigger than cricket, and certainly at grassroots level. Now it's it's growing. It's it's huge. And how has this manifested itself, Raj? Is
0: is this something that's taking place in the schools? Is is it the proliferation of local clubs? How is
1: the game kind of taking flight? I think it's a combination. Uh, you, you've got a English football. Firstly, has a huge impact in India. Uh, the pre- Premier League uh, have, have, have have gone over they've 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 sort of initiated various activities but over and above that a lot of the Indian uh, people from India themselves sport a lot of English football clubs i mean when i'm over there be it all, obviously all the top clubs but they know so much about english football so from that angle it's growing and and i can just see it's just going to go continue to keep going
2: raj you want to talk about the 500 pound gorilla in indian sport obviously cricket ipl has been an amazing success globally Commercially, uh, crowds, fans—it's really become a an iconic global franchise sport. Where does football kind of compete against it, or does it try and differentiate itself in the marketplace? Obviously, we've just seen—I um, think—the commercial rights for some of the media be reawarded or go to auction in, in the IPL. How does football find a way of? carving out a niche in the Indian sort of ecosystem of, of sports? Great,
1: great question. Um, you can't compete with the cricket. I mean, when you're talking about broadcasting, commercial revenues, it's huge. It, it's, it's, it dwarfs what the uh, the football earns. Um, and, and, and it's a long way to go, from a, from a, certainly from a broadcasting perspective. I mean, Star Sports is the official uh, broadcaster for the, for the Indian Super League, but in no way does it generate the revenue or, or generate the revenue that, that it needs to compete with the cricket. It, there's a long way to go there. But however, from an embryonic point of view, the, the football is growing and now sponsors are starting to take note. They're starting to come on board. And you'll also find a lot of uh, people from England and, and, and European countries now coming over, the experts, to, to, to really... to to guide the the, the Indian Super League and and help the football clubs to to look at different revenue streams it's not just a jersey when I was when I went over there uh, well I went over there last year uh, for a short while and it's it's pretty limited to certain uh, revenue streams such as the football top, but you've got so much more you can do. And that's something I'm introducing. How, how, do you, how do you focus your
2: development then as a football club? Are you looking to grow grassroots? Are you looking to get more fans in the stadium? Are you looking to get more media coverage? What are you focusing on as a,
1: as a CEO, as a president of the yeah. club? pretty much all, all those areas, but, but really grassroots, you have to start at a young age. I mean, the football starts there about 12, 13 years of age. It's too late. You've got to start at six and seven and then go into school. So we, we've, we've got a huge engagement strategy with our community department. We've, we've just about to take on a female uh, community manager, which is which is unheard of uh, in, in certain sports uh, over in India. So, so these are the things we're trying to change. We've just had our first professional, uh, sorry, we've just uh, launched our professional women's team as well which again it will will attract a different demographic but you have to start from grassroots of course you need the media of course you need the broadcasters they all go in hand in hand but in my opinion you've got to start at grassroots if you're going to start developing a sport
0: we've had a question in uh, along those lines from one of our listeners Raj Fad who's asking um, a couple of games of the India watched a couple of games of the Indian Super League stadiums are getting more full as the league matures what does India require to, to grow local talent and is there a big investment by sports bodies required or, or in fact happening at the grassroots level
1: again that's a good question I mean it's what, what the Indian Super League and all the football clubs are trying to do now is, is if you want to be at a certain level, I mean, if you look at the, the national team, it does struggle at a certain point. But you've got to now, as I said before, at grassroots, and you've also got to get coaches in with expertise that have got their pro licences. Because at the moment, there are certain coaches that are working with different football clubs at different levels, but they don't have the expertise. And that will have a detrimental effect later on. So certain bodies it's it can be fragmented at times um and they're now trying to to sort of come together as as one group so it's going to take time it's like i said it's only nine ten years old but it, but we are, I would say, five to 10 years away from having a, a, a very good Indian national team.
0: Right. OK. Well, with that in mind, obviously, with the World Cup moving to 48 teams, mm. we've talked about it many times on our show that clearly FIFA have done that with a view to incorporating both India and China, because without those two nations, you're missing out on one point, sorry, 2.6 billion people, I think, give or take. So obviously they want those those teams at the World Cup. But would a leg up for India and China or specifically India, would that be helpful, do you think? Would it, would, it, would it encourage growth, accelerate growth in Indian football if India were almost given an easier route to qualify for the World Cup finals? Or is it better, do you think, organically um, for India to kind of earn their way there?
1: From my perspective, I would say organically. Now, most people say we'll give them an opportunity, but there's nothing worse participating in a World Cup get into certain stages and then potentially being embarrassed if you're playing certain teams that you wouldn't at the moment. And so I feel organically, get the infrastructure in place, Get the coaches in place. I mean, at the moment, the referees are now be turning professional. You've got the coaches now have to have a certain license, the Indian coaches, before they can even uh, become part of a football club, a professional football club. That's very important. And and as I said, I think with the, the country is about five to ten years away to having a, a team that can actually compete with perhaps your lower end of European teams. And that's where we are at the moment. So for me, it's organic. But I guess the the decision ultimately by FIFA uh,
0: will, I'm not sure whether we know about how the ramifications will work, the permutations in terms of World Cup qualification. If you're expanding from 32 to 48, then there are, I I would imagine the focus will be not in Europe, but in emerging nations where it it will be slightly easier, more straightforward to reach the finals. Do you think so? 2026 will be the, the first time that that will be available. Will we see an Indian national team? reach the finals in 2026?
1: You're not talking too long away. There, there is a chance. I mean, there is a chance. You, you can never dismiss it. There are some great players now coming through. And, and so it, it, anything's achievable. I mean, for, at this moment in time, they are going through a transition, they are evolving, but anything's possible. We're talking now, we'll be talking four years away, aren't we, yeah. really? So there's every chance.
0: Give us a, a kind of overview, if you can, Raj, on, on kind of Desha FC's sort of transfer policy or scouting network or, or how it actually works over in India. We know how it works in, in Europe and, and this part of the world as well. Are you looking to promote local talent? Are you looking to perhaps bring in players coming towards the end of their careers who are experienced from abroad? What, how does the sort of main make of the Indian Super League and the sort of play, player profile really work?
1: Yeah. Traditionally, what you're finding since the uh, inception of the Indian Super League is a lot of players from Europe that do come over are towards the tail end of their careers. However, there is a salary cap in the Indian Super League, which, which has actually helped. It's, it's kept it sustainable. Uh, and I think that's important because certain countries have collapsed or they're their their leagues have almost collapsed or the the teams have have gone redundant so that's very important so the salary cap has helped Um, however there's agents everywhere and it depends on the head coaches and and their scouting system and the type of players they want to bring in so for instance in our case most of the managers we've had have known of the players that they want to bring in and you can only bring in six foreign players and of those six foreign players one has to be from Asia so most of the time it's from Australia and and that 's what you 're finding at the moment, so we have to now expand our scouting you 've got africa you 've got other countries across the world you 've got you 've got the eastern european countries there 's so many good players out there that us personally now we 're trying to um, expand our networking. Deal with different types of clubs. We've got partnerships going now with with uh, Watford and Avai in Brazil. So, and this is not just to share best practice, but also to bring players in and perhaps loan players that we can bring in. So, we're, we're expanding from that perspective as well.
2: Raj I want to talk to you about some of your partnerships, but before that, we see a lot of these new leagues and new franchises bring in these high for, high profile players. We look at the MLS, and you had you know the David Beckham and scenario, which elevates the league to a different level. But you have your own superstar on your staff. You have a World Cup winner there. Um, part of your sort of management team in David Villa, a Spanish international World Cup winner, as big a name in, in European football as, as many. How does he contribute to the
1: the management efforts there and what's his role? Yeah, David, David, yeah, we, he came on board last season as our technical director because uh, we wanted some direction from europe like you said you've got a world cup winner there a european cup winner i believe he's he's probably one of the, you know greatest strikers of his generation and um and it's it's the technical side because sometimes you think you, you you can watch videos and 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 we've got a great team of technical people but he can see something perhaps that other coaches might not see especially when you're talking about strikers and and and, and the technical ability so you you can have as many people as you want but you can't beat a World Cup winner and that's where that support has helped us and you know look the season before we did come bottom of the table it was a difficult season but last season we really did push well we came 7th and uh, and we're a, little, a little bit of luck we could have come top 5 as well so okay lucky. so upwards and onwards absolutely
0: well, upwardly, upwardly mobile for Odisha FC we've got loads of questions still for you we've had a lovely message in from Naresh Raj to say wow never imagined that Indian football would be discussed in detail on script. thank you guys great to be acknowledged. Hoping to see them in the World Cup soon. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it won't be long before they will be in the World Cup. Yeah, they will. They will.
0: Whether they qualify there currently, given the current parameters, or whether with the 48 teams it does become a little easier for for India to win their place in the World Cup finals. Of course, that'll be in 2026. I think they're moving and expanding to 48 teams. But um, I want to take us now back to the UK and your first job in English football if we can, Raj. I want you to explain to us how your career
1: in the beautiful game got started very unorthodox I was uh, I graduated uh, in the mid 90s and uh, it was during a time of recession in in, in England and uh, applied for several jobs you're lucky if you get a response and I happened to be driving past Coventry City Football Club which is my club and uh, a friend of mine said why don't you apply here and I'm thinking to apply for what obviously I'm not a footballer and then we wrote to the chairman. I just asked him for some advice and that's all I to put in the letter. And uh, lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, he sends me a letter saying, come and see me. So what was your degree? Uh, it was in psychology. Okay, wow. Yeah, so uh, I-, I went to see him, literally <laughs> yeah. had 15 minutes with him and I sat there and just said, here's my CV, I'll make you millions and uh, can you give me a job? And he, two <laughs> weeks later, I was at Comedy City and that's that's, uh, that's my career. <laughs> wow,
0: wow. And yeah. that, uh, you just mentioned off-air that it was around about the time that Ra- the big Ron, yeah. Ron Atkinson, took the job. Absolutely, big manager. Ron joined the same week, so I feel quite privileged. And uh, and the Sky Blues were, they, they were, uh, well, I guess they struggled really in the Premier League, but... Um, yeah, they were in England's top flight
1: back in the day. Yeah, for I think 34, 35 years, and uh, during that period, uh, from the mid '90s when Gordon Strachan uh, took over as well, we had some fantastic seasons, and we had some great players. And uh, we're just unlucky. You know, it, it's we, we're, we're not a team that can keep buying players at that time. And whilst it was during during the Premiership years, the money was totally different to what to what it is now. So we had to uh, we had to keep selling, but we had a great time there. What was Ron Atkinson's managerial style like? This is to witness. Yeah, this is look. He he was a he's a motivator, and and you know what? After each game, there'd be a bottle of champagne in in the dressing room. (laughs) It was part of the contract, and so uh, after the game, we'd all sort of creep in there. No, it's 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 a truth. And uh, so you know, Ron is what you think of Ron he's. He's a he's a he's a larger than life character, uh, and and you know he, he was brilliant with all the staff. And the players loved him. But, you know, after every game, if, you, if, you, if you're thirsty, you just went into his dressing room and <laughs> champagne was flowing.
0: Brilliant stuff. We've had another question from Fad about... Uh, we're going quickly back to, to Indian football here. He says, The partnership of having a Bollywood celebrity endorse their IPL cricket team, probably related to be from the city the team plays for, is the football league looking to follow suit? Seems like a great way to promote the team, as well as the beautiful game in India.
1: Yep, that's that's a really good point. And I, and I and I agree with that because the Bollywood stars are huge. You're talking millions and millions of followers. Uh, and and saying that we are when I'm I'll be over in India very shortly, uh, we're talking to influencers and and stars from Odisha, uh actors that are from there to to just to endorse the club and endorse the, the whole community because we're one club, I say town, one club state. And and it's important to get the whole community together as well.
2: Raj, we've had a lot of IPO action actually in the UAE in recent years due to things like the elections and then COVID. Um, So we've had, had an amazing cricket feast. Any chance we'll see any of the football teams over here playing at any stage? Uh, sorry, in terms of? Coming and playing matches in the UAE because we've got a, ma- a massive, obviously, uh, Indian support uh, network here. We've seen the IPL come here several times um, through default and not being able to play in India. Any chance we'll see the Indian football teams come over and play either a pre-season match or a regular season match trying to grow that market?
1: Absolutely. And and this is a, a huge, huge part of the uh, uh, sort of world for us as well because there is a massive, I think it's 60% of, uh, of the Indian community are, uh, in this particular part of the region. So... So, yes, they would. And I, I don't, wouldn't normally mention it, but our competitors, Corella are over here in the next uh, couple of weeks or so for their pre-season. I think they've got a preseason in August. So, uh, yeah, one of the Indian Super Leagues is, uh, it will be coming over, but it's certainly on our radar.
0: What were some of your favourite memories of of working at Coventry City? I mean, it must have been a dream come true for you, Raj. But your boyhood club, the club you supported, your hometown club as well, to be playing a part in a Premier League club, given how you you kind of landed that position in the first place, as you've just described. Some of the memories that stand out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you're you're absolutely right. For me, it was a dream uh, to, to work for your hometown club, uh, club that you supported and 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 you know the players that you you watched, but there was one incident I do remember, and uh, Gordon Strachan didn't take take too well for it. <laughs> we were playing Man United. It's the it's the season they'd they'd won the treble, and um, and the team turned up, and I'm walking past the dressing rooms, and uh, and Alex Ferguson comes out and he sort of, sort of called me over. Son, come here. You know I can't really do a great Scottish <laughs> accent. That's, Scott not, Jackson, bad, that's yeah. not bad, and he said get me some of uh, these, these black marker pens. Now, you've got to understand, you know, technology wasn't at the height there. We're talking late 90s. And uh, so, you know, me being me thinking, you know, Alex Ferguson's asked me to do something. I'm running <laughs> off getting some black marker pens. Got them, went straight into the into uh, into the, into the uh, away dressing room and then you've got Cantona, you've got all these players and, and Yapstam comes straight up to me and he, and he looked at me like, who are you? And I'm like... I'm Rajathwa, <laughs> you know, silly I'm thinking. And, uh, but it was just r- strange being a, 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 in a dressing room with all these stars. But but the point was then um, Alex took the marker pens and like, told me to do one and I'm, I'm walking out <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, there's Gordon Strachan <laughs> thinking, what are you doing in the away dressing room? You know, <laughs> yeah. Have you given the team sheet out or something? Running and we errands lost the game, as enough, I so uh, oh, my I stayed away from Gordon for a few days. <laughs>
0: yeah he's like hang on which team are you on
1: absolutely
2: Raj Uh, I was just gonna say no no disrespect to Coventry City but one of the clubs that you've worked at is is, is, does have a global presence Rangers football club obviously in Glasgow there they've been through their ebbs and flows I think it's fair to say over the last couple of decades a a, a massive club uh, well supported in the UAE in this region we see them out here um, running grassroots activities they have an academy out here Um, that must have been an interesting experience for you as well up in Scotland
1: that firstly it was an absolute privilege working for Glasgow Rangers i I'm, I'm i followed the club as a youngster obviously i'm a i'm a coventry city supporter but that it, it's unbelievable i mean people know about the rival between rangers and South. everyone will say yeah we understand it you don't understand it until you're there it's so intense um i mean i remember ali McCoy saying to me you know welcome on board but this is a this is a pressure cooker and and you think yeah i've worked in a premiership i've worked with certain clubs nothing will beat working for Glasgow Rangers. It was an incredible, I mean, I've got a story I I will tell you shortly, but I was told that, you know, be careful where you go out. We had a beautiful sort of uniform that had Rangers on it. We were told don't wear your uniform in the evenings. Don't tell anyone that you work for Rangers. And and it was the same for my counterparts at Celtic. And um, because you you can come across someone who you don't know, (laughs) it's religious, I I will say it. it, Everyone knows the background to it, but it it is. But they look after you, you know, even to this day when they won the league, uh, um, they sent me a signed shirt. You know, it, it, once you, they said, when I joined there, they said, now you're in Rangers, you'll always be a Ranger. And um, I, I get it. You know, I go up every so often. I love the club, just like Coventry. Um, beautiful, but it, it really is intense when you're there in Glasgow.
0: Wow. OK, we've definitely got more questions for you on the subject of Glasgow Rangers. And you've got to tell us your favourite anecdote from your time at Glasgow Rangers.
1: Yeah, well, this is an absolutely true story. Um, When I joined Glasgow Rangers, all the players and the management would go to Mr. Singh's, which is a restaurant uh, in in Charing Cross in Glasgow. And Sati Singh is is a huge, huge uh, uh, Rangers fan. So and I used to frequent that place um, because I was on my own. So I thought, well, well, we'll go to an Indian restaurant every now and then and one day his son came along and uh and was and was serving and I'm looking at his his lapel and I'm thinking Mark I said what's your, what's your real name and he went Mark Walters I went no 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 what's your real name and he went Mark Walters I said, no, no, it's either Mahesh, Manvir or Manjid. Come on, come, you know, you're, you're talking to me here. And he goes, and he's looking at me really strangely. So his father comes over and he goes, no, no, it's definitely Mark Walters. So I'm thinking, they're having me on here. So I let it go. And then a couple of uh, weeks later, I'm, I'm back in, the, in Mr Singh's restaurant. And uh, his, uh, his younger son turns up and uh, I'm looking at his label and it says, Oleg. So I'm thinking, right, they're really having a joke here. So I said to Satie, come on tell me straight up what's their real names he went Oleg so I said what's the story behind Oleg then and he went this is genuinely true Um, his wife was about to give birth and he was at a Rangers game this is I'm kidding you not this is absolutely true and Ali McCoy has has confirmed this and so he's at the game they're playing and he's thinking it's going to be one of the top strikers or one of the top players and he said the next player to score that's it my son will be named after him and you are not gonna believe who scored. Oleg Kuznetsov. <laughs> Nothing wrong with him but the name Oleg Kuznetsov. So he and he stuck to his word. He called him Oleg Kuznetsov and, and he I called, said to him is middle name's Kuznetsov? Yeah, yeah, Oleg Kuznetsov. So it's probably Oleg Singh Kuznetsov. And I said, You must be the only Indian on this planet that's got called Oleg (laughs) (laughs) unbelievable
0: but true story oh wow I would have I would have backtracked if I was Mr Singh
1: I think likewise I think my (laughs) wife would have uh, yeah absolutely
0: yeah I mean how did she sign off on that Oleg Oleg
1: Oleg Singh.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you're Oleg a Rangers Kuznetzkov
1: fan, Singh. if you're a Rangers fan, you go with it.
0: I love the fact also that he was watching Rangers while his wife was about to give birth. That also tells you where his priorities lay. You've, you've got it. Oh
1: wow! So you had some amazing
0: memories. Did, did your paths with Paul Gascoigne? Did they cross, or was he before your time at Rangers? He was before
1: my time. I was uh, I was approached by Rangers when they were demoted. Right. And uh, oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. It was it was a big thing, and they had to rebuild the infrastructure, the commercial side, the marketing. side. And also on and off the pitch, and that's when Ali took over. And and with a great respect to Ali, he, he did a phenomenal job. You know, he was on a hide into nothing. So one thing with Rangers is, and I learnt this because the clubs I've been at, you know, you win a few, you draw, you lose. If you win, you're expected to win at Rangers. If you draw, you're just about get away with it. But you, you can't lose. It's 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 just not tolerated. And uh, it's something I had to get used to. Honestly, it's I'm I'm telling you, it's winning is expected for every single game they'll just about tolerate a draw but that's it and Ali did phenomenal you know he took him up the leagues Uh, I think one season I don't think he lost a game Um, and and even then they were still complaining because the football wasn't that good so but for me Ali McCoy was an absolute legend and and he was great with all the staff and and really really put that club back on the map
0: Rangers went through so many trials and tribulations and then of course they had to endure their their greatest rivals their bitter rivals Celtic having all that success so how sweet was it as a man who is connected to the club and, and you know how the town operates and how the fans work when uh, when Rangers with Stephen Gerrard at
1: the helm won that prevented Celtic from getting to 10 in a row. Yeah, that was an amazing amazing evening. I mean, um, when, they, when they won that, I mean, I was, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I, I was jumping up and down as well. Was, you know, if you're a Rangers fan, you're a Rangers fan. That's, that's the end of it. And, uh, and, you know, it's great to have two great clubs in, in, in Scotland, but as a Rangers man, it's, uh, it, was, it was unbelievable. You, you just had to, because I can't see another club really doing 11 you know if if they had done 10 so you know, it's, it was, yeah.
0: Real parity, well, not parity, I guess, because obviously Celtic are now the, the league champions for last season, but but Rangers in many ways with what they did going oh so close in the Europa League, playing some wonderful football as well under Van Bronckhurst. I mean, that's, that's a, a real
1: step in an, a, quite an exciting direction. Yeah, it is. And I work with Ross Wilson. And I don't think he always gets the, the credit he deserves. Ross Wilson's their football director. And I worked with him at Watford. And uh, he's, he's got this ability to look at players that that perhaps are, are not at a certain level. So they may be emerging, they may be at the two, three million mark. Like Calvin Bassey now, they've just sold him on and he's, I think they've sold him on for 19, 20 million, but bought him for a, a, a sort of a, a lot less than that. So so that's the kind of. Uh, a, Background they have and the backroom staff that they've got, so so yeah, it's great. And and the club in you know, Europe again, they were there. They weren't there long ago. And you know wherever Rangers go, there's there's thousands and thousands of fans. And I think it also puts Scottish football on the map as well. And and hopefully you know I'm saying this genuinely. I hope all the Scottish clubs do well because it's it's great league and it's great great for the for the for the Scottish football as well.
2: Raj, another club you alluded to working at there is, is Watford, uh, a club with great history and um, obviously you have yo-yoed a little bit out of the Premier. League into into division uh, the championship over, over over years, but have a great sort of um, you know historical importance in in, in, in English football. How was that experience? And I see that you've also signed a a sort of a, a strategic partnership with them at Odisha. How does that partnership work? What are the benefits? Um, do they bring
1: to the table for, for, for Indian football? Yeah. Well, firstly, Watford is a is a true community club. I mean, I was there under the chairmanship of, of the late Graham Taylor, and. It, it, it's it's been very different to all the clubs I've worked at. I mean, they all have their own strengths and weaknesses, but Watford genuinely is a, is a community club, and they're very inclusive, and uh, and and they they know how to build teams, uh, and and because it's not a big town, they don't have a huge support, so they have to think differently and out of the box, and and so so because of my uh, my, my association there, uh, Rangers were already with a with a club in the itself so that was my first thinking. So that that wasn't going to happen, but but genuinely because they were Premier League. At the time, I knew them. I knew what they're about, their background. The partnerships, mostly in India, are I find are by name only. But this has got substance. We're sharing best practice. We're on the calls regularly. They'll help us with scouting, analytics commercial, retail, right across the board. If it wasn't for COVID, we'd be doing a pre-season in London this season. Uh, but it's been difficult because we've just moving back to Odisha. It's it's our first time there. It'd be wrong not to do pre-season in Odisha and go elsewhere after a two-year absence. But um, but it's it's been really, really good. And uh, and the managers talk as well. So right from the top to bottom, it is it has substance. We will be doing um, a, a pre-season there next year. We'll also be looking potentially to take some of the ladies over there as well. Because, as I said, we've just got we just launched our professional women's team, and uh, and give our players an opportunity to play against professionals at perhaps are a higher level. We won't be playing the first team, but perhaps an XI. Uh, but it, it gives our lads also an opportunity to see. Best practice from from coaching, from 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 the uh, strength and conditioning, um, and right through to training, and how, how they do it in the Premier League. And you quickly
2: alluded to, to ladies' football there. Obviously, it's it's on a it's a big talking point at the moment. The the lionesses had a, a win. The Euros are didn't deserve
0: on. that win, by the way. I watched that whole game. <laughs> Should not have won that match, well, but
2: well played to them. It's, it's knockout football, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And, um, and so so women's sport globally is is on a really upwards trajectory. Football is obviously leading the way. The Euros are high-profile. How's women's football in India? Is is it growth there? Is it it again? Is it grassroots the focus? How's the sort of
1: um, trajectory there for 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 ladies football? Very well, actually. Um, The 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 ladies team are doing fantastically well. I mean, they're competing with the top teams. So compared to the men's. They are they're on a really, really sort of good level um, and compete with the, with the top teams, and it's been accepted. You know, it's it's not a problem. I think that again, compared to the men's, there's there's a lot more funding that needs to go in. There needs to be a lot more perhaps professionalism in certain areas. But there's some great ladies teams, and we we've just signed. Uh, she's actually from Adisha, um Biadi, and and she's uh, she's part of the national team. So so for us, we've we've got a we've just uh, launched a, re- a residential academy with, with the Odisha government. And under 15s and 18s, boys and girls uh, that are part of our teams will be not only having an education, we'll get full time uh, coaching from from our top coaches that we have there. So so we've launched that as well. Um, And I think other teams are starting to launch professional women's teams. So um, where there's perhaps not parity, maybe in the salaries, I accept that. uh, And that's going to take time. But, but what you are finding is India is really making a huge effort. I mean, we're seeing it worldwide where women's football has taken off and in England has really now led the way with, with America and other European countries. But India's no different. India mm. really is promoting women's football and and, and, and you know, and long may that continue.
0: Yeah, amazing to see. I think um, attendance records were smashed in, in the European leagues. I think Barcelona had the world record, the season just gone. And then the Euro 2022 has set new records, I think over double the number of fans that we saw from, I think, when it was was held 5 years ago in 2017 the year that the Netherlands won it's um it was uh, you know the, the crowd attendances have almost doubled in that time so really great to see um if we if we zoom out raj to the sort of way football is kind of run as a business and it's become such a global game we saw uh, the attempted coup via the European Super League so disruptive last year um what are the big mistakes that clubs make? We always talk about Man United and how, and how catastrophically they seem to be run as you know, maybe a shrewd commercial operation, but as a football operation... They seem to have lost their way in terms of the appointments they're making from a managerial perspective, the signings they're making, the area of focus. When you look at a club that is run as astutely and as and as kind of uh, strategically as Man City and the City Football Group, which has really sort of spread its tentacles throughout the world and and is is creating and building an empire, you look at the way United seems to be so much more ad hoc in the way they are run. Um, what, are, in your view, what are the sort of biggest mistakes that kind of these models super clubs
1: are are making. You've got to look at the owners. What, what you find is that these are business people, that in some cases, they're, they're multimillionaires, billionaires, and and they run successful businesses. <clears throat> when you come into football, you are dealing with various stakeholders you're not just dealing with with your own management team you're dealing with thousands hundreds of thousands of supporters and i've always said football is almost like an animal you can you can tame it but you'll never control it so from a money perspective you look at United's, your Chelsea's of this world, the revenue that comes in. But if you want to maintain that and sustain that, you then have to pay over the odds for players. And you're talking multi, multi million pounds. And also you'll you find that with, with the owners, they're under pressure because the moment and then the managers are under pressure. So the managers will start blaming the owners saying we haven't got the resources to buy certain players. And and so it, it's a no-win situation, and and I and I remember in the late '90s when they were saying the Premier League and 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 the broadcasting rights is going is going to go bust. It's not going to go bust if you look at it now, and you've you've alluded to it now, in terms of it's gone global. You've got so many different groups across the world who, who are trying to take over football clubs. If you look at not just England, you look at France with PSG. You're now looking at other countries, because it, it's it's not just the football. It's the global. Platform that it gives the owners, and, and it's a global platform that that, that really elevates them. So it, I can only see keep the trajectory going up.
0: And I have to say, Raj, you may just be the best dressed guest we've ever had in our studio. Uh, for those of it, you, it, it looks like Raj should be on the business breakfast. It
2: really does, not, not, Raj, not, not casually with me in my shorts and my polo top on. We
0: are we are dressed as we usually are, like <laughs> slovenly oaths. Mark Archer. Raj is in a bespoke waistcoat, a beautiful pink tie, white shirt, looking. Daffarosh. Oh. Thank you very much. <laughs> I did have meetings earlier, by the way. There we go. Yeah, you, It's not just for our benefit then. Not just.
2: No. <laughs> I, I've got a question for Raj. Um, and this sort of alludes back to uh, the, the importance of English football, the Premier League around the world. I spend a lot of time working in Qatar and Saudi Arabia, where sometimes the, 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 the fans are all more based on English clubs. Um, there's a massive following. Saudi's a bit different. You've got some big clubs here, Al-Halal, for example. In, in India... Are are more people interested in English football, the Premier League than Indian football?
1: I'd say yes. Yes. I mean, they do follow Indian football, but but you've, you've got to understand on a world platform, English football is huge. And you have had the, uh, the Liga. It's the most popular club in India. Premier League club, I mean. Do you know what? It's hard to say one, but there's a lot of, obviously, Manchester United fans, Liverpool fans and Chelsea. They're the three. Man City's not really okay. been mentioned, but they're, those three. Not and Arsenal? maybe Arsenal. Sorry, okay. and Arsenal. They're Interesting the- that. Because, yeah, of course, clubs. Man City have Mumbai. They do, they do, and uh, but Man City, maybe my Mumbai fans, but generally when I'm when I'm meeting Indian fans across the across the board, it's those four five clubs, really. Spurs, okay. not Man City's. Wow. Uh,
0: we've actually had a message in from Naresh Raj to say, where does one start to, to pursue a career um, in football, in terms of football management, be it operations of a club, governing body, league? Are there specialised courses or universities that
2: you're aware of? Just Raj? knock on the door of the chairman.
1: Yeah, exactly. Follow yeah. <laughs> Raj's model. There you go. <laughs> yeah, them, them days are gone. It, it's a lot more professional now. I, I, I feel that football... Certainly, my time uh, was 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 based on nepotism. I was just lucky, and and it was really who you knew is through recommendations. It still goes on to this day, but what you will find certainly in England I, I, I have to be honest and, and with Adisha we do advertise positions and it is about the best person uh, who, who gets the opportunity but if you look at coaches they will still bring their own people in how um, how good a job has British English
0: football done when it comes to diversity because of course you are the longest serving Asian in British football Um that's been a big focal point, and obviously uh, to promote that. We've seen it, I think, in, in media and broadcast media in terms of the promotion of diversity there. What, what about the game itself? Is there a lot of work still to be done? Do you mean on and off the pitch or both?
1: Uh, both, yeah. both in the, in the whole game. Okay, well, on the pitch, there's there's been a huge uh, sort of initiatives to to bring on players from, from, from all backgrounds really and there's been a surge of South Asian players now coming through but one thing I always say to people is that look certainly if look, if you're good enough as a footballer you're going to make it you know and, and there's not a single manager that's going to turn a player away because of his race religion or colour and so it's, it's it was academy level where we had to, where there was perhaps uh, a dearth of, of, of perhaps Asian players certainly and they're now coming through because the scouting uh, and the coaches are going far and wide to, to look at players because it could have been cultural reasons it could have been due to insecurity whatever so that is happening um, but I've always said if you're good enough you're going to make it 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 really is that simple And, and of course you need a bit of luck but there's not a single manager will turn you down now off the pitch we've come a long way over the last five years but we're perhaps behind on the pitch, right. Um, so, whilst we have come a long way, there's still a way to go. Um, if you look at boardrooms, if you look at senior positions, uh, not really happening. I'm uh, 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 probably me, and probably one or two others. Are probably there's only about two, three of us um, that are in a in a senior position. But saying that, I'm not even in England now. I'm in India.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, is, is that through the lack of of applications, or is or, or is that through lack of opportunities for? Asian communities
1: in living in the UK wanting to get into football yeah I think there was a lack of applications in the terms that people then gave up and thought what's the point of applying right but what you did find was that um it's it's almost a merry-go-round and and in in all fairness I've probably been a part of that as well um and I've tried to stop it and irrespective of who you are you know for me it's not about your race religion or color if you're good enough it's on merit we'll take you on and uh, and and so, if you haven't got enough people applying in the first place, because there was this is almost you felt that you're, you're not going to get through even the first rounds or first stages. And uh, so now it's opened up. There's there's so much. So many clubs are doing so much for to, to to for diversity, if that's the right word to use, to 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 encourage people to to apply across all all positions. But the key for me is it's not just applying for those positions but then giving people the opportunity for, for the senior positions again everything should be on merit but give people the the opportunity yeah it's a great message
0: that's, that's brilliant and um, listen Raj we, we've really enjoyed having you in uh, I've got one final question for you who's winning the Premier League season next this coming it starts in August I can't believe the season is nearly upon us in a couple of weeks time who's winning
1: it do you know what? It's, it's between three, four clubs, but I've, I've, if I had to go for one, I'd probably go for Man City and then for the Indian Super League, I'm going to say Adisha.
0: Adisha. There you go. Right. So there you have it. You heard it here first. We by look, the mouth we look, of Raj Atwal.
2: We look forward to our invitations <laughs> over to watch you in the final. And you are welcome
0: anytime to Adisha. And you're welcome anytime back when you're, when you're swinging by in the, this neck of the woods in the UAE. Please do give us a shout, Raj. And we'd love to have you back in studio for a, a good old natter because there's so many questions we didn't get to, but uh, we really appreciate you sparing the time. And thank you very much for being with us in studio this evening, Raj. Thank you both. Thank you very much. The voice there of Raj Atwell, the club president, CEO of Adisha Football Club. The Offscript Podcast.
2: We hope that you enjoyed this
0: episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time
1: Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.